This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Okay, welcome back. We are switching gears. You know, it is the first day of summer today, and at least here in Toronto, it is just gorgeous. But the summer brings a whole host of health issues like sun and heat safety and how to deal with those nasty insect bites and stings. And as always, we turn to our house doctor, Zachary Levine, ER doctor, assistant professor at the Faculty of Medicine at McGill University. Hi, Zach. Hey, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Okay. What advice do you have for us? Well, the advice is still get out there. You know, I mean, the the fact that it's summer is awesome. And the one thing I have to say about, you know, living where we do in this climate is that people really do appreciate it when it gets nice outside. You know, there's such a contrast uh, that people get out there, and and that's great. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we're not used to it, uh, as opposed to some places where it's warm and sunny all the time. We're not as used to it, so we may not protect ourselves quite as well, and we may not stay hydrated quite as well. And so... I mean, I think the, the, top, the top few things are, number one, uh, being careful about getting dehydrated, so staying hydrated and not getting too, too hot, not, getting, uh, not being at risk for things like heat stroke and heat exhaustion and whatnot. So staying cool, staying in the shade, especially, and staying hydrated on a very, very hot day. And uh, sun protection, for sure. You know, and people- can people always tell when they're getting dehydrated? No, absolutely not. And that's the big problem. And certainly it's worse in, in certain people, you know, if you have certain diseases and, and especially certain medications, uh, including a lot of the medications that we use for blood pressure, uh, including uh, there's a whole different, there's lots of different groups of them, but all of them can predispose you somewhat to being dehydrated. And in addition to that, they can block the symptoms of feeling dehydrated, so you don't even notice it until you're really, really dehydrated, and then you need to be hydrated in the hospital. So that's a, that's definitely a concern. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about that, because that sounds uh, concerning, as, as you say. Yeah. Uh, uh, first of all, let me give out the numbers if people have questions for you, and uh, we already have some people waiting to speak to you. It's 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 40, and uh, we're on the line with Dr. Zach, so if you have questions for him, just give a call in. So for people who are on these very common blood pressure medications, if they're not even going to be able to tell that they're dehydrated, should they just be drinking a, a certain amount no matter what? Well, yeah, you know, certainly on very hot days, we do recommend that people stay, keep drinking, even, even if they don't necessarily feel like it. So, and, and the question is always how much, you know, we've heard bandied about, uh, you know, drink eight glasses of eight ounces uh, of water a day, you know, there's no clear guideline. I can tell you that in general, um, men need about three liters of fluid a day and women need about 2.2, but of course, we're all different shapes and sizes. And, of course, not all of our fluid comes from drinking that. We get some of our fluid from our food as well. And, of course, we need a lot more than that when, number one, when it's hot out, and number two, when we're being active and we're, uh, we're get, our body is getting rid of the fluid in other ways, such as sweating. Okay. 
So ways that guides include, you, you know what your urine, basically your urine becomes more and more dark as it concentrates. Your body does a very good job of concentrating. Uh, when it doesn't have, when it has less and less fluid in it, 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 it still have to pee. The, the kidneys always have to make urine. But if you notice it's getting darker and darker, that's a bad sign. You want it to be as, as clear as possible. So you can start to see changes pretty early on in the color of the urine as it gets more concentrated. So if you're seeing your urine's very, very yellow, that means you have to start to catch up. Other things you can, other uh, guides can be um, that uh, not not only uh, keeping your urine dry, but drink a couple of uh, glasses before you exercise. Water is, by the way, the best. It's not bad to have something with a little bit of, uh, like, electrolytes or uh, sugar in it, but nothing, you know, not necessarily. Juices are not great because there's there's a high ratio of sugar in them, and certainly, like, soft drinks are really not good, and alcohol is not hydrating at all, really, you know. And You're... and some things dehydrate, like coffee. Zach, exactly. let's, let's, uh, let's take a call before we uh, go to break. So sure. we've got Wayne in London. Hello, Wayne. Hi. It's, yeah, it's Wayne from London calling. I'd like to ask Dr. Zach, uh, I have to take Dristan, the Dristol nasal spray every night to clear my nasal passages. Uh-huh, and I'm yeah. addicted to it. I know I shouldn't take it. I've tried saline and it doesn't work. Do you have uh-huh. any other comments on how I can, uh, suggestions? Or yeah, absolutely. So, and if you don't take it, your 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 nostrils are blocked, eh, Wayne? You bet, sir. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one question: Have you ever used any of the sprays uh, that are nasal steroids, which are things like Nasonex or yep. Flonase? Yeah, I or... have tried them as well, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have, eh? And they don't work. No. They don't work, eh? The problem, no. you know, so Dristan and those kind of things, they're they're useful because they're they're vasoconstrictors, so they do open up the passages because yeah. they. Uh, the blood vessels constrict, but the problem is, yeah, you do get, they do, in the long term, they can make things worse because you can get a rebound. Your body almost becomes tolerant to them, and so you get, uh, it can actually make things worse. So so usually the recommendation is to try those steroid ones, and if those don't work, there are there are oral antihistamines, oral decongestant medications that can be used. But honestly, mm-hmm. I think it would be wise, you may have already done this, to speak with either an allergist or an ear, nose, and throat specialist. Mm-hmm. Um because those are the, they will try and figure out what you, I, ultimately you're reacting to something. So your body is basically reacting to something as an allergen. And if yes. you can figure out what the allergen is, you can treat that directly as opposed to just, you know, constantly having to treat the symptom, which is the blocked nose. Right. So I yeah. would, I would uh, head back to the doc and um, get some more tests done to try and see. Because, yeah, yeah the problem is that's, uh, it's, gonna, it's like a vicious cycle, as, uh, as you already know. You know, you just keep having to use it. You're going to have to use more and more, and it's not going to solve the problem. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. I have ankylosing spondylitis, too, and uh-huh. I take big-time pain medication, right. too. So, and I have to take that. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll ask my GP about that. Okay, I think that's an ear, nose, and throat special. Okay. Dr. Zach. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot, Wayne. Welcome. Okay. Uh, We're going to take a quick break now. I'm going to give the numbers again. If you have questions for Dr. Zach on summer health and safety issues or on whatever you might want to ask him about. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Welcome back. 
I am here with Dr. Zach on the line, and he is going to answer your questions about summer health and safety. We're talking about making sure you're hydrating. We're talking about making sure you know how to deal with insect bites, which can be bad, and stings, and all kinds of things like that. Uh, We're going to start by going to the phones. We've got Jerry in Hamilton. Hi, Jerry. Hello? Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Do you have a question? <laughs> I, I do. Actually, it, it's, about, it's about the kidneys. Is that all right to ask? Sure. Yep. Okay, I just had my annual checkup, and my uh, doctor is recommending that I go see uh, a, kidney, uh, a kidney doctor because of my uh, creatinine level? Yep. In my blood now, uh, apparently... The count is uh, 125, so first of all, I don't understand what the count means and what the creatinine level means, you know, if you could explain that to me. Yep, absolutely. So <clears throat> creatinine is a test that we do very commonly. You know, the family doctors do it. We do it in the emergency department. It's basically a general test that is used as an indicator of the health of your kidneys because it's one of the – it's a byproduct of muscle metabolism – but basically, it's basically something that is constantly being excreted by the kidneys. So the kidneys are pretty good detoxifiers, so they get rid of uh, a lot of the toxins that's in the blood. And creatinine is one of those things that's usually kept at a, kept at a relatively um, stable level in the blood. And so if it gets very high, it's an indicator that the kidney is not able to excrete it as it usually does. In terms of the levels, I don't know if he gave you a number. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. But um, you yeah, know, it was 125. Oh, okay, so 125. So the normal, depending on your age, depending on your gender, is usually about up to about 100. It, again, it depends on your age and your gender and and stuff like that. But usually, right. so 125 is not super super high. However, uh, it's very good to address it. Uh, you know, when it's not very high, because he can make sure, you know, this, the kidney doctor, who's a nephrologist, can look into why it's elevating. Now, the, right. there, there are a lot of different causes for it, I should say, and they, um, they, it can be caused by things inside the kidney. One of the most common causes, speaking as we were of dehydration before, one of the most common causes I see in the emergency department is if you're dehydrated, if you don't have enough fluid, we call that pre-renal, because that's because the kidney is not getting enough fluid, it, it, it basically gets strained, and we can see it in this blood test. And then also if there's a blockage afterwards, most, in men most commonly because of a big prostate, that can also cause it. So there's lots of different causes of it. And the key is to find out what the cause is and reverse it very early on, which is obviously what your doctor is trying to do. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. No, my pleasure. So I think, you know, with a few simple tests, they should be able to figure out what's causing it. One thing I would say, that, though, it's always a good idea, like I mentioned earlier, to, to stay hydrated, get enough fluid. And by fluid, I don't right. mean, you know, tea or coffee or Coca-Cola or alcohol. I mean water, usually. Um, okay, yes. That's yes. one thing you can do just to, just to start. And then uh, certainly they'll repeat that creatinine, and it may normalize. But if not, you know, they'll do further tests to see what's causing it. Well, I, I do have a habit. I, I don't drink a lot of water. You're right there. Okay, so <laughs> drink some more water and uh, go see your doctor. I will. Thanks. Thanks very much. Appreciate the help. Okay. No okay. We're going to uh, Mina in Newmarket. Hi, Mina. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And yourself? Fine. Good. Um, I wanted to ask the doctor about uh, every spring and summer, I get a rash uh, either on my hands or on my wrists or on my 
um, fingers or my ankles. Mm. And I've been to the doctor, and they always say is poison ivy or poison oak. But mm-hmm. I don't don't have anything like that in my backyard. But it yeah. seems like I get it early spring. So I don't know if I'm allergic to the sun or if uh, a tomato plant. Yeah. Well, so, Mina, it's a good question. And, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, usually if you're getting it every year at the same time and it's on both sides, you know, usually poison ivy or poison oak is quite specific to one side, one area, wherever you brushed against it. And it's, and it's also quite severe. You know, I mean, people come in and they're really, really uncomfortable and there's some weeping. I don't mean crying. I mean, like, there's some, usually some fluid comes out with yeah. it as well. So this sounds more like a rash, like you're, like you're mentioning. And the, the possibilities do include what you mentioned. One is, one is sun. I mean, certainly some people do have a reaction to sun. Other people have this rash called prickly heat, which is also just called a heat rash, which is, tends to be over uh, clothed areas. And it's a reaction to just to the warmth, especially when the, when the, um, the skin is not used to it. And the recommendation for that is just to use light, loose, clean clothing. And then the final possibility is certainly that uh, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the plants that you're being exposed to, especially if it's on the areas that you're touching, uh, touching the plants. You know, if it's, I guess the real question is how much, how bothersome it is if it's persisting. Because if, if it is very bothersome, if it's persisting quite a while, you can, your doctor could refer you to a dermatologist and or to an allergist to try and get at what's causing it. If it if it just sort of goes away on its own and it doesn't bug you that much, then I then I guess it, uh, it it it's up to you as to whether to pursue it further. But uh, I think yeah, I think your doctor. Uh, it sounds like they're not that worried about it, so that's a good thing. But depending on how worried or bothered you are by it, uh, it could be pursued further to see exactly what's causing it. Absolutely. Well, you know, I wear gloves when I garden, and last year it was very severe on my arm. Inside oh. of my arm, they were like blisters, almost like um, shingles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it oozing, and it lasts for about almost a month before it goes away, and it's itchy as anything. The only relief I'll get is to put it under hot water. Yeah. So I, I have, nobody seems to know what's causing this, but I don't touch any plants because when I garden, I always wear gloves. Yeah. No, so absolutely. It doesn't sound like it's something, an exposure. And the things that um, you were mentioning before, like um, the poison oak and poison ivy, those don't last that long. They're very severe, and it sounds like these are pretty severe too, but... They, uh, but they're lasting longer than you would expect from those things. So I agree, it's something else. It sounds like it's more of a reaction either to heat or to sun. And I would, uh, you know, if it is, it sounds like it's quite bothersome. It's lasting a while. I would ask, uh, I, I would re-ask your doctor, uh, you know, just say, no, this is quite bothersome. And it's not, <laughs> it's not poison oak or poison ivy. Do you mind if uh, we look into it further? Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. Bye. Cheers. Uh, let's go to Jacqueline in Scarborough. Hi, Jacqueline. Hello. How are Hi, you? Do- Hi, doctor. <clears throat> Hi. Doc- doctor, I want to ask you what's wrong with my situation. I have I have a problem swallowing deer. Oh, okay. Tell me about it. Since when? What's the problem? Uh, well, th- that's happened since about two months ago. It's, it's a terrible situation. Like, I'll give you an example. Yeah. I went to a restaurant with my son. Yeah. I have four sons. And uh and I I asked for a chicken pot pie. Mm-hmm. And it was so good, it was so delicious. I enjoyed it, I was happy, I was hungry. Yeah. And you know you know what, doctor? It went down very well but it, it all came up. Oh. Okay. 
And is everything coming up, like everything you eat? Well, right now it's lunchtime, and I'm eating chicken noodle soup. So, so far I just started. Yeah. I, I have to be careful. You know. How long after you eat, Jacqueline, is, is the food uh, coming back up? Sometimes it happens as I'm eating. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, basically, what I'm thinking is there's some there's something blocking, and it doesn't sound like it's in the if it's in the esophagus in the tube, then <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't even make it down. And you can have different levels of blockage. You can have a partial blockage so that only fluids can, like only liquid, can get through, and you can have yeah. more, uh, you know, a complete blockage. Obviously, nothing gets through. You know what goes down very very well after what? lunch. I'm so anxious by that because I'm hungry. Yeah, I have a big appetite. Rice pudding. Rice pudding. Hey. <laughs> Well, that's good in the meantime, <laughs> but you absolutely need to... You but I, need to... I eat that for my dessert doctor. Yeah, no, and it sounds good. But you really do need to get this checked out because something's blocking, and it sounds like it's lower down, like more in the stomach area. But yeah. probably what you're going to end up needing to have is a gastroscopy or endoscopy where they actually look down with a camera and see if there's something physically blocking. Does, does Sometimes there's hurt? a little ring or something. Does that yeah. hurt? They put no, you to you sleep. Get, they you put you to the, sleep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're partially... Oh, oh, yeah. thank you, dear. Oh, thank okay. you, dear. Put me to sleep to do that? Oh, that's good. Okay. I'll have to go to the hospital, right, to do that? Or uh, well, you have to go to the doctor first to get... Yes, I have an appointment for that. Oh, perfect. To see, do- to see a doctor, Tran. Okay. And if, you know, one more thing, Jacqueline, if ever... You're not able to keep anything down. You know, if it progresses, it gets really, really bad. You can't keep anything down. Go to the emergency department, and they will do yeah. it emergently. Oh, if you really, Because if you can't keep anything down, you're going to become dehydrated. Sorry? It, do, uh, we do, do, do it in emergency? If, if there's a complete blockage, yes. Sometimes people will swallow something and it actually gets stuck in their esophagus, and they can't keep anything down. And that's, yeah, that's an emergency within... Uh, the gastroenterologist will come in and do. You, you an know emergency. what my problem is, doctor. I I I have high blood pressure medication. Yeah. And and uh, like this, I take one in the morning and one at night before I go to bed. Okay. I have to cut a small pill in about five five pieces. I have a, a pill cutter. You know yeah, Jack is. Jacqueline. Um, yeah. You should. Uh, you have that appointment with your doctor, and you should see your doctor, and uh, he will uh, figure it out. Because uh, what Zach is saying is that it could become an emergency, but it isn't right now. Yeah. Doctor, okay. No, it's not an emergency, but doctor, doctor Zach, I, I, I went to see okay, my so, family uh, doctor. Jack, Jacqueline, thank you very yes. much for your call. Okay. okay. Nice talking to you. Bye bye. Thank you, dear. You too. Bye. Okay, we only have a uh, couple of minutes left, Zach. Uh, we didn't even get to those nasty inste- insect bites and stings. Right, well, um, we can do that another time. Uh, yeah, but just before we go, um, yeah. what should you look for if you're worried about something like Lyme disease? Well, so Lyme disease specifically, uh, I mean, number one is if you see a tick, take, take a look online at what a tick looks like and what it looks like when it's buried in your skin. But the problem is a lot of times people don't even know. And so the, the symptoms are, the first symptom is sort of this target-like rash, a round rash, followed by uh, sort of headache, weakness, uh, like a flu-like syndrome, which can later on develop into things like um, arthritis, just means joint pains, as well as headache, 
and dizziness. And those are the, the typical symptoms. So if, you get, if you're getting those specifically in that order, and especially if you've been in an area that you know uh, is infested with ticks and deer ticks specifically, and you can look up where they are primarily, then, then you, know, you do need to get checked. Because the problem is, because those symptoms are kind of vague and they resemble a lot of other symptoms of a lot of other diseases, uh, it isn't necessarily diagnosed very quickly, and it is quite treatable. You do need to take antibiotics for a while, but the problem is, uh, and if you look up online, you'll see it's very controversial as well because uh, some people feel they're not getting diagnosed quickly enough and they're not getting treated properly. And so it's worth educating yourself somewhat about it and the risk factors for it so you can avoid it, and if you have any of the symptoms of it, go see your doctor about it. Okay, well, uh, we will take that up further in another edition of Fight Back. Dr. Zach, thank you so much. Thanks, Libby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that is it for Fight Back for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.